This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, celebrating the holiday safely with your pets and comfortable, safe, and fashionable festive holiday wear to help your pets look and feel good. That's what's on our show today. Let's get started. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Monica, you know, this is a very busy time of the year, especially with our pets, and it's the holidays. How about some holiday pet safety advice? Hi, yes. So everybody's getting ready for Christmas and having the family over and all the big festivities. So just a couple of tips. Um, First, you know, as we're decorating our house, always be really cautious for tinsel and our garland because as we all know our feline friends really enjoy that stuff (laughs) and we certainly do not want any kind of obstructions or medical issues when it comes to those um we actually had one year and i'll never forget this um we had a dog that chewed off the end um the plug-in piece off a 50 count strand of lights and swallowed the entire strand the x-ray was um very illuminating it was it was quite festive looking um believe it or not we did not have to go to surgery the dog passed the entire strand um and did not have any issues but you would be amazed the things that pets will eat (laughs) Oh, I would have loved to have seen that x-ray. 
<laughs> yeah, so definitely, you know, keep an eye on them when you're decorating. Make sure that you're not losing items or, you know, oh, we're missing this or that. You know, kind of keep an eye out. Um, I always tell uh, clients to be cautious of like glass ornaments, things of that nature, um, especially being on a lower part of the tree. And then if you have cats at home, no matter how high it is, it's fair game. <laughs> so uh, definitely be cautious when it comes to the glass ornaments. Um, if they, you know, fall down and break, then you have the possibility of your pets, you know, stepping on that and having issues. Um, also, some of our plants, um, our lilies, holly, mistletoe, um, all are toxic to our, you know, feline and canine friends. Um, so being very cautious around those plants. Um, poinsettias are another one. Poinsettias are not lethally toxic. However, they do cause GI upsets. So just making sure that we keep poinsettias out of reach of our pets. You don't want them consuming any of the plants or the leaves because it will cause upset stomachs um, in our, you know, in our animal friends. So being very cautious about that. Also, you know, when you're making your stuffings or your baked goods, things of that nature, you know, always be careful. No grapes, no raisins, um, no macadamia nuts. Um, those are all toxic to our, to our pets. Um, as well as, you know, being careful of chocolates, um, anything sugar-free, even our sugar-free baked goods that we buy. Um, a lot of them are containing xylitol. So you have to be very cautious um, when it comes to a lot of the lower sugar items because xylitol is extremely toxic for our pets. Of course, you know, be cautious over your meat scraps, things of that nature. Um, meat is a very high chance of GI upsets. And, you know, a couple other things that you get around the holidays that you don't hear a lot about, but they actually have reported cases um, of toxicity um, during the holidays from Pet Poison um, Helpline. You know, they're one of the biggest, you know, pet poison, you know, contributors for the U.S. And they had instances of snow globes. Um, causing toxicity in our pets. And some of the snow globes that come from overseas, apparently they were found to have antifreeze in them. And if they break and the pet gets into it, you know, they walk through it or they knock it off the counter or, you know, especially my sister has one of these, but the big excited lab that, you know, kills everything off a table with their excitable tail, you know, things of that nature. Um, be very cautious because they have found um, antifreeze poisoning when it's come to snow globes. Um, the ones that are not, you know, made locally that have been imported. Um, also, they've had... Issues with um, chemical burns in the mouth with some of the liquid potpourris. So, you know, the wax melts, um, essential oils, things of that nature. They are not necessarily toxic, but because it is a chemical and some of the pets, you know, just like the smell and they've spent, you know, in a position where they were able to get to it. Um, they've had cats and dogs that have actually experienced chemical burns in the mouth because they were trying to lick um, you know, the, the already, you know, liquefied, um, liquid potpourri and essential oils and the wax melts. So just be very cautious when it comes to anything. And, you know, our pets have a very keen sense of smell. They, you know, tend to get into things. So just be cautious and that way you can have a great safe holiday and have everybody, you know, comfortable and not have any issues. <laughs> 
Hey, Monica, you mentioned one thing, the Pet Poison Hotline. Do you happen to have that? And I know that it comes in an app, too. Yes, it's PetPoisonHelpline.com. You can go right online. They also have the app, and you can just go into your app store and type in Pet Poison Helpline. ASPCA also has a Pet Poison app as well. Um, they're both very, very good, but if you just go into your Google um, or your um, iTunes store or whatever carrier you have and just type in, you know, Pet Poison or ASPCA, they should both come right up. Well, thank you very much. And in the midst of the holiday season, we want to keep our pets safe and happy. And you just gave some great tips. Thanks so much, Monica. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday. Coming up, are you interested in one comfy harness for your dog with endless style possibilities? We've got you covered. Stay tuned. He was malnourished and emaciated. Constant scratching and just being unpleasant. He was shedding excessively. He was losing his fur. Franklin was rescued from the streets of Los Angeles. Bear was a rescue from the same shelter in Kansas City, Missouri, that I got J.J. the Terrier. I found his raw meat diet, which is raw meat, eggs, rice, and Dinovite and Licko Chops. His omega-3 supplement on Dinovite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. I've got my ground beef, the Dynavite, and I just mix it all together with the eggs and the shells. Franklin, he's thriving. His coat is soft and shiny. He's shedding much less. They're much happier. Their coats are better. Their behavior, especially their behavior, is better. How do you feed your shelter dog to derive a great attitude? Start that little pet off right. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Just go to Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> back everyone well for all of you fashionistas out there i have to give you some information because so many of you have asked me what are those harnesses that i have olive in and all of her facebook posts they look like i have her in all different ones well they're called charlie and spike wag swag harness it's actually one harness with a bunch of different fashion fronts and she loves it because the harness itself is so comfy and they have the stylish custom harness fronts the little fashion fronts which which we have personalized for the holidays but i mean you can she also has just fun ones um, and you can elevate your dog's look with one swag swag harness and a variety of mix and match interchangeable fashion fronts for endless style possibilities. Um, and the Charlie and Spike company founders proudly pay it forward, which we love and are passionate about animal welfare. And Miss Olive loves these harness, the harness so much with all her little fashion fronts. She has selected it as one of her favorite things for the holiday and a great gift suggestion. So as you buy your harness, you're paying it forward. And we are so happy to have with us one of the founders of Charlie and Spike. We have Jamie Broder with us. Hey, Jamie, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. I want everybody to know about this, especially with the holidays coming and New Year's. I know you have a little New Year's one too. Um, and it's this is something that's so perfect because I dress all of up all the time. But some people go, I can't get my dog in an outfit. 
this is the perfect answer to it because it's just a harness and you switch out the fronts. So why don't you tell us what uh, the Charlie and Spike Wag Swag harness is all about? Well, the way you just described it is one of the reasons why we created it. Um, being in warm weather ourselves, I recognize that, you know, it's fun to dress your pet, but oftentimes it's much too hot outside to put a piece of clothing on. Um, I saw a gap for male dog owners who wanted to put something on their dog, but didn't want it to be too feminine. They wanted it to be fun and whimsical. So we really set out, uh, when we go to design, we try to create something that has never been done before so that we bring something unique to the marketplace. So the idea was to combine both function and fashion. We set out to create a great fitting harness that was adjustable because we recognize that like people, all dogs, even within a breed, are different shapes and sizes. So we wanted the harness to be adjustable. And then we thought, okay, you know, one day, how do I have it so my dog is wearing a tuxedo, the next day maybe a, a flag for the 4th of July, and we came up with this patented design where people could uh, put on and take off the removable fashion fronts. They are reusable, so as you can see, as Miss Olive looks so adorable, you can tuck away that holiday fashion front and pull it out next year just like you would your holiday decorations, and it will last. Well, and you have so many. I mean, the one that we get the most response, and I absolutely love it. Well, she has her rescue one. She has the little pearls. She has the little tie, the the glowy bow. But the I love to cuddle. I think that people just melt when they see that because it is so cute. Thank you. And what we do is we usually offer, when you go to our website, we have a drop-down under the shop, and there's harness sets. And generally, we, we offer between six or eight what we call starter sets. So it comes with the Wag Swag harness in one fashion front. And I have to tell you, you're right on the money. Um, we find the tuxedo, if you have a boy dog, and otherwise, hands down, I love to cuddle. Uh, it just makes so much sense, especially because the sizes in stock right now are the extra small through the large, which usually is up to a 25-pound dog. And most breeds within that size are really lovable, cuddly, um, and it, it, that is everyone's number one choice. Ah, it's so it's so cute. And you also have, for those of us that have rescue dogs, you have, like, it's like a little life preserver that says rescued on it. I've been rescued. It, everyone really enjoys it and say, where did you get that? And because, you know, so many people have rescued pets. It's perfect. Thank you. Well, that one was near and dear to my heart because uh, my Spike is actually a rescue. And it really, um, I adopted him to kind of help spread the word in the industry. And I have to tell you, you know, when I did adopt him, I think it opened, I I helped at least five other neighbors uh, adopt dogs at that Mm -hmm. point. I don't think people, you know, I I think we have a better understanding and I think we're doing a great job spreading the word as a, a pet community. But, you know, years ago, I don't think people recognized um, how, what a situation. I mean, it really is. I don't want to say epidemic, but it's really heartbreaking. And I think we open people's eyes to the incredible dogs and, I should say, all pets that need to be adopted. So that one was very special to me, and we created it. And any time that somebody purchases that, we donate a portion back to Animal Rescue. And In I addition, think, yeah, I love that, that you do that. Well, Thank you. And we also then, from that, um, for instance, Lapdog Rescue of New Mexico, 
love the concept so much that we went and customized. We have the ability to customize. So we did, we put their logo and we donate back when people purchase their harness set that says uh, Lap Dog Rescue. Yes. So that's really neat too. And they use it at their fundraising events. So it, it, it's just, uh, I have to say that that part really warms my heart because it, it makes us feel good that we're doing something for animals in need. Well, and that's so special because different rescues, you know, or shelters could use this to, like you said, they could have them made up. And, and I mean, it fits all size dogs. I have, you know, Miss Olive is an Italian greyhound. She has the deep chest. Um, you know, she's not a big dog. She just weighs eight and a half pounds. The harness is so comfortable. It's durable. And it's very strong, but it's comfortable. The mesh on it, um, the and we've had harnesses that I've had some of my other dogs with, where the buckles are extremely bulky, or they, you know, things flip over. Your the harness is beautiful, and you know, you have it in a. Uh, it goes all the way up to large, correct? Right now, it goes all the way up to large. I always encourage people, you know, quickly take a soft tape measure, measure the neck measure the girth. We have a little diagram showing you exactly where mm-hmm. and how to do it. But so I say loosely, that's approximately the large is up to a 25 pound dog. Um, some have gotten in larger because again, the shape of their body and some a little bit smaller. Um, but it gives you a, a decent range of breeds that can wear our harness. And as you were mentioning, as far as uh, the harness itself, I mean, we purposely, I work tirelessly to cut the neck so that it would be well below the trachea. Um, I have harnesses that scratch underneath the legs, so the way it's shaped on the chest is purposely so that it won't uh, rub underneath their front legs. So all these things were taken into consideration. There's actually two D-rings to attach the leash purposely, again, so you could A, add charms and name tags, and also if you use that back hook, there is no risk of pulling on the neck at all. See, and that's so important because I think sometimes when people, I know with collars, you pull, you know, if people pull, it could hurt the trachea. So some people switch to a harness, but if the harness isn't cut properly, you're really kind of defeating your purpose. And you're right, the way your harness is cut, it goes down enough so that it doesn't uh, pull on the trachea. Yeah. And the other thing when you were saying about the bulkiness of the buckles, you should see how many buckles I tested, even that. <laughs> Uh, so that your fingers could work. I mean, some of them we find are so difficult to get on and off the buckle itself. So although we used, you know, we purposely used all animal-friendly products for our production um, and all the materials, but it was also important that they functioned so that you wouldn't have a difficult time. Or I've seen harnesses for, you know, five, six-pound dogs, and the buckles almost weigh as much as they do. Uh, that's what I, yeah, that's what I was trying to say, because she's small, and it's really hard for me to get something that's a harness that fits her, and I mean, in these buckles, you, you, they open and close, they squeeze very easily, I don't have to, like, dig into her shoulder and her back to, like, get open everything up, it's really easy and very, very comfortable, and at the same time, you're, like, being fashionable. I get stopped all the time. I had Charlie in the tuxedo yesterday and it was, oh, he's all dressed up and, you know, where did you get this and what did you, and and I'm thinking dressed up. This is, you know, I put him in the car. Um, That's what's so fun about it. And then, you know, when I go places with him, people look to see, we have over 50 designs available at this time. And again, we have the ability to customize. So it it becomes, it's fun. It takes all of a, a couple 
couple of seconds to change out that fashion front. We suggest you do it when it's not on your pet. That uh, keeps the harness from getting any hair or fur in it. Mm. Um, And it also, so that the noise doesn't, you know, some dogs may react to uh, the sound of of changing that out. But I got to tell you, people look for my dog to see what they are wearing that day. Um, It's like so funny because it is. It's like with all of... Because you never know what the front's going to be. And I mean, and now with the holidays coming up, can you just give a little bit of an overview? Because we have, um, there's Hanukkah, Christmas, and of course, New Year's Eve, because you have a New Year's Eve one. Yes, we have, uh, for Christmas, we have the sleigh bells now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have the ugly Christmas sweater, which still tends to be extremely popular. (laughs) So that's a lot of fun if you're going to the ugly Christmas sweater party. (laughs) Um, we also, we added for Christmas as well, for Christmas, we also added Christmas cheer, which is just an adorable little Christmas tree. For Hanukkah, you now have the dreidel as well as a star. And then for New Year's, we do a fun little New Year's, kind of like a spectacular with the date of the coming year. So it's just a lot of, oh, and I'm sorry, we also added holiday lights for Christmas. It looks like a whole string of your uh, holiday Christmas balls on the chest in all different colors. So again, there's something for male and female dogs and male and female pet owners. It's a lot of fun. It is. And, 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 and then as you go into the holidays throughout the year, we're focusing on the holidays that are at this time of year. But I mean, you have the holidays around the year, you have Valentine's Day, you have St. Patrick's Day, you have Easter. I mean, uh, the uh, 4th of July Memorial Day. I mean, there's the flag, there's different, there's all of these different things. I mean, there is not a season, a week, a month that your dog cannot look fashionable in some sort of little uh, wag swag uh, fashion front here. It it keeps, I dress my dog, I dress Miss Olive up all the time. And I have to tell you, this has made our life very easy because I don't have to worry about putting a dress on her all the time. I don't have to worry about, you know, and she likes it because it's very comfortable. And we live in Florida. It's warm here. So to do that and to have her look so cute, I, I have to tell you, people are always asking me and I always say, I can tell you right where to go. So thank you. And I want to let everybody know we're actually doing a really great promotion for the holiday. So not only do we have those fashion fronts where we give back, but we have a great holiday special going on right now. Um, We are actually offering 50% off. When you go to our website, I encourage everybody on the homepage, there's a watch video button. So if you haven't completely understood the concept from us describing it on air, it would be terrific if you watched the video. A lot of fun. Gives you a great overview. Shows you a bunch of different fashion fronts. And you'll see right on the, the home screen there, if you use the coupon code HOLIDAY, you will actually get 50% off. Wow. In addition, spending $35, you'll get free shipping in the United States. So we've made it really easy for you to have some fun this holiday season. And it's and it's so, you're affordable anyway. I mean, you get wonderful, wonderful quality work. And it's extremely affordable for, you know, the pet parent. And it's so adorable for the pet itself. And like you said, it's for male or female. I mean, you have things in there. You have a ton of them that are in there for both of them. If someone who wants to be all in pearls and diamonds, you have that beautiful front. Olive has this one that, that has the beautiful front. It looks like she has a whole neck of jewelry on or the tuxedo for the boy. 
and the holiday special one. So I have to tell you, I love what you do. We love your product. That's why it's one of Miss Olive's favorite things. It's a wonderful gift idea for somebody who's looking for something to get a friend, another pet parent, sister, brother, somebody who has a dog. They're going to absolutely love this. But then, of course, you're going to buy one for yourself, too, because you are going to absolutely love it if you don't have it already. So, Jamie, can you just give the listeners uh, your website and where to go? Absolutely. It is charlieandspike.com that you can find us on our website there. Again, the shop tab, there are two drop downs. You first go to the harness set. It will tell you it's step one. Choose which set out of the eight that you would like for your fur baby. And then you can continue on. The fashion fronts have also are separated by uh, fashion forward, holiday collection. You can go through all the different ones. And again, you match up. So if you bought a size small harness, you would buy a size small fashion front. Um, And then you go right to checkout. You can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We hope that you'll follow along. We'd love to see pictures of your pets. You can just tag us at Charlie and Spike or Wag Swag. Well, I I think it's wonderful, and also the f- fact that you pay it forward, it, this makes it even more wonderful for us. And, and we... You know, Miss Olive loves hers. I love them. And uh, it gives us, like I said, it gives us an opportunity to kind of dress up without having it be like all bulky and uncomfortable. So uh, this is the way to go. And it's, again, a perfect gift, not only for someone who you care for, but for yourself. So so thank you again. And thank you for all you do for the animals. And um, and Miss Olive and I wish you a very, very happy holiday. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me and wishing everyone and their families out there a happy holiday and a, and a great new year. Thank you. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, Doggy Diva Show listeners. Susan Marie here to take just a half a minute to let you know how much we appreciate your being with us every week to hear great dog tips you can use with your pet, some great stories about rescues, fostering, and some heartwarming stories about second chances for pets who are now in loving forever homes. Be sure to go to our website, thedoggydiva.com, to see pictures of Miss Olive and other dogs we talk about on the show and get to know us a little better. That's thedoggydiva.com, D-O-G-G-Y. We appreciate your feedback too. Okay, let's get back to the show. Coming up, Are you looking for a holly jolly way to celebrate the holidays with your pets and do it safely? Stay tuned. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
back, everyone. And we have with us today our pet nutrition contributor, Kim Gablin, Senior Marketing Manager for Bill Jack Foods. Hey, Kim, how are you? Hi, Sue. Good. How are you? Good. You know, I'm like a lot of other pet parents out there. I love to celebrate the holidays, and we're right in the midst of everything. I want to celebrate it with all my pets, including Miss Olive. But... Sometimes it could be like a little, you know, hard to do because there's things that we celebrate that probably aren't too good with our pets. So can you give us some safety tips on how we as pet parents can celebrate safely with our pets around the holidays? Sure. You know, like you said, you know, we all want our pets to be a part of the holidays, but we really have to think about whether you're celebrating Hanukkah or Christmas or Kwanzaa. You know, there are a lot of things that we bring into the house and a lot of activities that happen that can kind of make things stressful or maybe even dangerous for your puppy. And so um, it's, it's really important, you know, first of all, candles are really a part of all of those holidays. And so keeping them up out of the way, um, you know, where your dog can't reach them or where a, tag, uh, a tail can't wag them off the table um, mm-hmm. is going to be really important so that your dog uh, doesn't get hurt um, by the candles that are, that are out there. Um, you know, also... You know, there are a lot of plants around, right? There could be trees, there's mistletoe, there's poinsettias, there's holly. And a lot of those uh, items are things that can upset your dog's stomach. You know, if your dog's drinking from the, the water that's watering the tree, Ooh, yeah. that, can, that can make them sick. So that's a bad, you know, that's a bad thing. So you don't want them under the tree if you have a live tree. Or even like eating things like uh, poinsettias or chewing on a leaf of holly can, can sometimes upset their stomach and make them sick. So keeping those plants out of the way is also, you know, you want to have them decorate with them. They look so pretty, but you want to make sure you keep them out of the way. Yeah, keep them so that they're away from the pet so they can't, even those counter surfers. We have to be careful of those counter surfers. And one of the things yeah. you brought up makes is so relevant too. Well, they all are relevant, but for the holidays, um, and I love candles, but I get a lot of candles as gifts. And yeah. you're right. One tail wag could cause immense damage. So it's very important that, that people do keep them high because candles are beautiful and it's always a wonderful gift to get from someone or give to someone. But, if you know, it's, it's, it could be dangerous. Yeah. And, well, and there's a lot of decorations we put out, right, like ribbon and tinsel, mm-hmm. and um, electrical lights, you know, that are on some of the trees and things that we decorate. So, you know, you want to make sure that you've got those cords as hidden as you can if your dog is a chewer. You know, knowing your dog during this holiday season is really important because then you kind of know the things to kind of make sure that you're hiding or putting away or keeping out of their reach uh, to make sure that they don't ingest any of those things or, or chew on them. Speaking of planning, you know, a lot of us host holiday parties or we're going to holiday parties. What's the best way, you know, what's the safest way to have our pets with us when we're hosting a holiday party? Well, I think like we just talked about, know your dog, you know, does your dog love to party? You know, some dogs love all the people being over, seeing your family and friends, spending time with them, playing with the kids, you know, other dogs they're very stressed out by that, right? The kids scare them. They're not used to them being around. They might not handle them as gently as they're used to you handling them. Um, you know, they might be, uh, like my dog, they might dart out the door. Um, my dog loves to do that. I think my dog did that last Christmas. <laughs> so um, so it's, it's really important to be able to think about what your dog, you know, really likes and appreciates and then try to, you know, manage that. If they don't like to be around people, you know, can you keep them maybe in a separate area? You know, maybe they're in their crate, um, some someplace separate, quiet, 
for a little while, um, and then maybe you could take them out after everybody gets there and things are a little bit more calm, and you know, and you can, and you can do that. Um, it's also great, you know, sometimes I put up a few notes um, for people to say, hey, don't feed the dog, or here's a few treats. Like I put out a few Bill Jack treats for them in a little bowl that says, if you want to give the dog something, give them something out of their treat bowl, um, and then they can kind of feel like they can give the dog something safe that they can eat and don't have to worry about them maybe giving them something like chocolate or, you know, grapes or something that maybe they shouldn't have um, that are around during the holiday season. What a great idea that is to have like a little bowl of treats and just tell the guests these are these are the dog treats so that they know it's safe to give. Because I think sometimes people do. And I mean, and I have some people who, you know, are good friends of mine. Sometimes they'll sneak people food mm-hmm. to your, to their pet because I go to a lot of things that, you know, you can bring your pet to. That's a great. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to take that idea and run with it. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, there's also there's a lot of alcohol around. There's, you know, being able to make sure that, again, if your dog, my dog loves to jump up and get onto things that are on the, the side tables or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's really important to make sure that, you know, they're not around when they're, your guests might be putting a drink down or putting something down or food down that they might, you know, they might get into. So that, that's really important. And, and, you know, there's also these times when, you know, we're out, not just having things at our house, but we're out with our friends with our coworkers, with our family, you know, going to dinner, going to their house, and we're gone for a long time. And so that can be very stressful, right, because we're kind of disrupting not just our uh, routine, but, but the routine of our babies, right? So our dogs sometimes can get very sensitive to that. And so if you're going to be gone for a long day or you have to go straight from maybe work out to something, you know, can someone stop by the house and let the dog out? Or can you just at least pop in and, and take a little time to spend with them, maybe make a five-minute walk and then get them back and, and then be able to go off to your festivities? Because that will at least help, help them have a little bit more normal kind of time you know, during the holidays as well so much going on during the holidays sometimes you know where there are holiday parties or you know something with work Mm -hmm. that you have to do the you know your little you know furry friends sitting at home are like going hey they don't understand they don't know because the routine's totally broken up so that's a great idea either have a pet sitter come in or try to stop home if you're close enough on your way to your destination because that way it sort of keeps like that normalcy in the routine so that they're not the holidays are stressful enough you know we want to make sure we keep our pets stress-free so that's a great tip too yeah and now now tell me do you do you wrap gifts or do anything special for for your for your dogs I do. Like Everyone gets a, they get a big bag and they get their toys, their treats. And they, and it's funny because mine, you know, they eat your treats. They, we have special, I send out to people who give them things. I send them out what I want, what they eat. Cause otherwise uh-huh. I end up donating stuff to people cause they just don't eat them. And there's certain things that they love. So you guys, you're, you know how I love your little treats and we put their toys and we put them all in a big bag. And I only have one who goes into the bag, who actually physically goes into the bag. The other two are like, oh, okay, hand me my stuff, please. <laughs> well, it's always fun, right? It can be a fun time for them to, to take whatever gifts you've gotten. I mean, you know, obviously you want to make sure you're giving them dog-safe things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and all the stores are full of things right now, right? So now's a great time to go out and look for some fun things you can get them for the holidays. And, you know, if you wrap them up, that's fine. But you just want to make sure that if they're unwrapping them, make sure they do that in front of you. I know my dog always knows where his gifts are under the tree. And so, um, you know, sometimes we can't leave them under the tree. We have to put them up away. because That's what I do. Them. I have to put them away because they can <laughs> sniff. And my one's yeah, a, she's yeah. a, uh, my little one, Coco, she's a Chewini. She is little, but she 
knows how to get stuff out of those bags. I have to be very careful because she's always looking for... She has two toy boxes, but she loves new toys. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so right. Yeah, so it's a nice time to spoil them and get them a few, a few toys, a few treats, you know, some fun things that they can, that they can also um, have for something special for the holidays. Absolutely. And speaking of the holidays, I know this is a time of year where a lot of people adopt forever friends into their uh, to their families. Do you have any tips on that? Yeah, you know, I think it's really important. You know, if you've decided that you as a family would like to get a, a new addition, you know, um, now can be a good time. You know, it really depends. Sometimes at times like these, your, your schedule is very, you know, hectic. Things are crazy. It can be a tough time to bring a new dog or puppy into the situation. But sometimes you might have a few days off. It might be a really good time to kind of um, have a few days alone, you know, with the dog and, and be able to kind of get them acclimated to being in your family. But it's always really important that, you know, when you're working with a shelter or with uh, with maybe a breeder that you're working with, you know, one of them, that you're really talking to them and understanding what your family's lifestyle is like and what the lifestyle um, of that, that particular breeder breed mix that you're looking at is like. Because, you know, it, it, it's you might like a particular kind of dog, but then if they're really active and you're not a very active family, that's probably not a good fit, and you'll probably you'll have some trouble down the road. And so it's really important to do your homework up front and make sure that you're going to bring you know bring a new baby into your family that's going to be a part of your family for the rest of the time that they're here with you, and and into an, an environment where they have a routine and, and one that's comfortable for all of you. You know, whoever is going to be a part of that adoption process really needs to come to the shelter, to the rescue, mm-hmm. because, it. Mm-hmm. you know, people always say, well, you know, I'm just going to give um, a dog as a gift because my grandmother doesn't like being alone, so I'm going to get her, you know, a, a specific dog. And it, it's like you don't know that she's going to want it. You don't know if the dog and her are going to get along. It's so important to, as you said, like kind of work as a family, make sure that you do your homework so that, you know, whoever it is you're getting the dog from understands, well, you know, we have a really laid back lifestyle. So you certainly don't want a dog that's going to be bouncing off the walls. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot more into it that goes into it to make sure that it's a forever friend that they stay in your home and they're a part of what, you know, kind of like your lifestyles, like so. That's that's very good information. So I thank you yeah, for that. Well, and, and, and you're and you're right. You know, if you're going to get a dog for someone else, that that's really hard. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. You know, that's a long term commitment. It's a lot. It's a lot of you know investment of the things you need to have in the house for the dog to be healthy and safe. And then there's, you know, there's also, you know, you don't know if now is a good time for them, maybe. You know, they might have been thinking about it, yeah. but maybe they weren't ready to pull the trigger. So, uh, you know, I love what you just said about it's really important to kind of work with them. And, you know, you could still wrap something up for them that says, hey, let's go out together and pick out a puppy, um, you know, from, from our local shelter, you know, or from our local rescue. And, that, you know, a lot of times they, they sometimes even do gift certificates and that kind yes, of thing. Yes, so, that's you true. You know, that's really yep. nice. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to bring a puppy home. You should work together to find that right time to bring them home and make sure you have all the things you need when you're ready to do that. That's perfect. And you're right, because there are different rescues and different shelters that do give out certi- gift certificates just for that reason. Or if mm-hmm. they don't, you could certainly make one out yourself and put it in like a, you know, wrap it up and put in like a little box. This is, you know, I'll we will go together to such and such yeah. a shelter or such and such, whatever, the rescue of your choice. And then that way, you they make sure that they get what they want. And though everyone may say, you know, I really love 
love Miss Olive. I love an Italian Greyhound. Well, Italian Greyhounds have a certain personality, and that personality mm-hmm. may not fit into your home. Or, you know, a bigger dog may be what you want because you have, like, a lot of kids. So that that's very important that you brought that up because you want it to be yeah. a forever home. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, and along with bringing dogs into the home, bringing, having holiday treats, why don't you tell us about, because they need good nutrition, so tell us about uh, Bill Jack, because it's important during the holidays and every day to have good nutrition for your pets. Yeah, you know, good nutrition is the foundation of everything for your dog, right? They really need to have that good, healthy, high-quality nutrition to be healthy and happy for a long time. And so, um, you know, at Bill Jack, we, um, we really do two things that are very different. First of all, we use 25 pounds of fresh chicken to make a 30-pound uh, bag of our adult select dog food. Um, and the same thing with our small breed adult and our large breed adult. We, we really feel like that fresh chicken is really important uh, to both the nutrition and the great taste that it, that, that it brings. And then in addition to that, we slow cook it. So we don't actually cook it like all the other dog food companies do, we actually slow cook it. And that really makes a, a very big difference in terms of helping to protect the key nutrition that, that your dog can get out of that food. And then also to, um, again, enhance that taste to make it taste great. Because that's, that's really the, the biggest feedback we get is, you know, not only is the, is the dog food great for my dog's health, but my dog loves to eat mm-hmm. it. And there's just something as a mom, like as a dog mom, that you just want your dog to love the food that they're eating. You know, you want them to feel, you want to feel good about the food you're giving them. And so it's great when they love the food and you know that they do. And it, and it gives you a sense of comfort that there's nothing more stressful than, than feeding your dog and having your dog not eat whatever you put in front of them. It's stressful to them and it, I know as a dog mom, it's stressful to me. So it's good to have some Something that tastes good and is nutritious. And, and it's the same with the treats. You want to make sure that you're rewarding them with something that they love, you know, and the treats, mm-hmm. your treats are so good and nutritionist. So. Yeah, and we have some, I mean, we have some great treats. We have some small treats that are only like, you know, three calories each, you know, like our small jacks and our little jacks. And uh, also um, we have some gooberlicious, little gooberlicious treats that are peanut butter flavored. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've got some um, bigger treats for larger dogs. And so, there's really a, a lot of variety, so you can kind of, you know, um, give them some different variety with their treats, but feed them a good basic dog food that's high-quality nutrition every day. Well, I thank you very much because all of our listeners definitely want to be celebrating with their pets, so you gave us some great information, great tips, and um, and we want to, Miss Olive and I want to wish you and your family a very happy holiday. Thank you. Happy holiday to you and the listeners out there, and be safe and have a wonderful time. Thanks. Thanks so much. We'll be back in just a minute. Coming up, do you love humorous, cozy mysteries with dogs and lots of twists and turns? Stay with us. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I am so happy to welcome back 
best-selling author, and who I refer to as queen of the cozy mystery with <laughs> lots of dogs, Diane Harmon. Welcome back to the Doggy Diva Show, Diane. Well, I'm honored that you'd have me back. Thank you so much. And uh, gosh, the queen of the, the cozies. Ooh, Love yeah. it. But I think there's a lot of others that uh, would share if not have that half. But thank you. Well, and there is. There's a whole cozy mystery. Isn't there like a Facebook page that there's so many of them on that are now working with pets? Yes, there is one called Authors of Books About Dogs. You can just go on Facebook, Authors of Books About Dogs. And these are authors who always have dogs in their books and uh, uh, mainly Cozy Mister, but they do go into some others. It was actually formed by a woman who was a veterinarian, and she did it because there was not a group that was solely for people that wrote about you know, had dogs in their books, and it's it's proven to be very popular. In fact, next Sunday on the 17th, we're having um, kind of a Facebook uh, page day where it's a party. We're giving away things. So I hope people will come, and the different authors will be on for about 15 minutes each to talk about their books or answer questions. So love to see some of you there. Awesome. Now, uh, for the listeners who may not be familiar with you, you know, your background is so interesting and so diverse. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I um, was uh, an antique and art appraiser for many years, and I became a bit disenchanted when people defined themselves by how much their stuff was worth. So I then... uh, started a couple of yoga studios and did that. And then about that time, my husband went into politics, not really planning it. It was just kind of one of those things where he was drafted. And I figured in the uh, mail that went out with me standing on my head would not be too appropriate. <laughs> so I got rid of those and became a political wife and did a tremendous amount of entertaining. We had governors and everybody else to our home in Sacramento. And then when my husband retired and uh, we came back to Huntington Beach for good, I thought, I think I'll just write a book and see what would happen. And that was four years ago. Wow. <laughs> so now I'm having a complete new career at this stage of my life, which is kind of fun. And thanks. That benefits us. We're really happy that you did. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, you know, your books, they're so pet friendly. Can you tell us about your own pets? At the moment, I just have one. We have a small little boxer, Fawn. Her name is Kelly. And uh, where we have gotten other dogs from uh, rescue centers and shelters, this one we didn't, and saw her mom and dad that were both full-size boxers, and she was the pick of the litter. <laughs> and she's very tiny. She's about half the size of all of our other oh, wow. dogs. Our other box, And just perfectly formed. She just... Is a little lady and they love me. Yeah, she is petite, and and they were kidding me the other day when I picked her up from the doggy daycare center. That uh, when she has her toenails clipped, she holds her paw up like she's having a mani pedi. (laughs) (laughs) Very feminine, very feminine. I love that. Now. Dogs are featured, um, they're actually like featured characters in your books. Can you just tell us what your inspiration for that was? 
Well, I don't remember a time when we haven't had dogs. I mean, they have been part of our life. At one time, I had three dogs, and uh, that was when my husband was in the legislature, and he had just planted an azalea garden in our backyard. And every time he'd come home, the dogs would greet him with an azalea branch. <laughs> that didn't work out. So, so uh, we've just always had dogs, and they're just a part of our life. They're, they've been like children, and our children have dogs, and I'm a grandmother or a grandparent, whatever you want to call it, to an English bulldog and two uh, 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 Labrador retrievers. So uh, our family is very dog or In fact, my daughter-in-law is on the uh, board of the uh, Humane Society in Seattle. Oh, wow. So we are involved with yeah, dogs. Yeah, you are. Now, speaking of dogs, in your current book, I uh, Murder in San Francisco, your most recent uh, release, I love, 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 love one of your featured characters, which is Winston, a beautiful boxer, and he is from the Liz Lucas, uh, best-selling Liz Lucas series. Can you tell us what the inspiration for Winston is? Because, you know, the, most of the uh, books, your books have like pets and, you know, they all have a function. But Winston, wow, this I want a Winston in my life. <laughs> I think we all do. Uh, I, my husband was in the legislature and there were death threats and all kinds. Our home was broken into. And some of his advisors said that they were worried about my safety. So I had to have a guard dog and we were able to uh, get what essentially was a guard dog. He was a scary looking dog. He was 95 pounds, brindle, black. And I think that there's something about black dogs. I know my daughter-in-law has told me at the Seattle uh, Humane Society that people don't tend to adopt them as much. So there is a fear of them. And he was trained when I got him and he had one, uh, one thing to do in life and that was protect me. I have mentioned that uh, my husband would come home when, before I started really living up there most of the time with him to give me, and he'd give me a kiss when he walked in the door and the dog would get between us and growl. <laughs> and whenever I would sit down, the dog would sit with his rear end towards me looking out. <laughs> Cause and that was, was his job. Protection. Yeah, to protect it was, you. It was. That was it. I mean, it really, really was. And he was a great dog. You know, actually, he was very sweet, but uh, he was a guard dog. <laughs> it was, it, somebody would, would uh, knock on the door, and he'd go to it and growl. And it was just uh, it, within his DNA. He couldn't help it. And yet, um, only was dangerous if I would ever give a command. And a couple of times, I would go on guard, and he'd go to the window and bark and growl if somebody was coming on the property. So it, uh, one funny thing, when my husband was gone for one time, I had the dog, they, uh, the people suggested that I have the dog sleep in the house. And so he was in my bedroom. And they also wanted me to have a lock on my door. I inadvertently locked the door when I got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So the dog was in the bedroom, and I was out of the bedroom, oh. and the dog was frantic. It's 3 a.m., oh. so I had, I had to call somebody to come and undo the lock, and I tried <laughs> the locksmith, and they weren't answering. So I finally found a handyman number we've used before, and for some reason, he had his phone on the bedside, and he came over. Oh, my gosh. That is like, but I, and he was doing his job. He was frantic. He couldn't find you. He was. 
He was, and I was concerned when the handyman came. What did he do with the handyman <laughs> in the middle of the night? So, uh, <laughs> well, and you know, it was, and you it, it was interesting in the book. You do go into how extensive the training is, and you know, they come from special places with this training, and it was just very interesting. Like it's, I always learn something new when I'm reading your books, and to learn about, you know, I met Winston a few books, you know, earlier in the series, but um. I, I, it is something interesting, and to see that and to know about that is, uh, and the the training that goes into it is really um, very interesting. Well, thank you, and I, I think that dogs are so capable of being trained beyond uh, the sit, stay, whatever. I know this last dog, the, the dog that I that Winston is based on, was trained with hand commands and things like that, and that's all I had to do. So is there with the proper training, they there's no, um, you know, nothing they can't do, I think, pretty much. And, you know, speaking of, like, learning a lot in your books, this is the eighth book in the best-selling series, the Liz Lucas series, and I learned something else. And it is about the dead dad's bill. Can you tell us about that? I mean, it, it plays a feature in your um, in murder in San Francisco, and it was so fascinating to me because I had never heard about it, and learning about it, it it was very eye opening. Well, thank you. It um, it's only about mm, I think twelve or thirteen years old. It, it uh, hasn't been around all that long. And when my husband was in the legislature, prior to that, he was a lawyer, so he was on all of the legal committees in the legislature, and. It was about the time that Iraq and uh, Afghanistan were really heating up, and there was a lot of talk about what we could do for our men and women who fought over there. And there was fear from so many of them. My husband had been told that they had wanted children, but what if they came back and they were injured over there and they couldn't have children? So Tom did a bill where if the soldier had put sperm in a sperm bank, and given his wife or whomever the authority to use it, that at some point in time it could be. And then if he went on to draw the bill up so that the child of that donor would have full rights to everything, all the, the legal rights, as if the child had been born while he was alive. Wow. And therefore, it was mainly originally so they would get the benefits from the military. But uh, as the book shows, it had some unintended consequences. Yes, it and, certainly took uh, a spin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's kind of what, what spawned the, the book was thinking, what if, what if? It, the bill's in place, but what if it was used in a little different manner? And uh, it was, and, and yet legitimately, legitimately, one can't... Uh, you know, make it just for one thing and not for another. But I think it was good because it did give a lot of military people um, a good feeling that if something should happen to them, that they would still be able to have children. And that's what's so good. And and they get the benefits. But, I mean, it's like something that – and probably the – you know, a lot of the listeners, maybe they don't know about it. And I just thought it was so um, eye-opening and it's really an important, it's really important. 
I think it's very important, mm-hmm. and I don't think many people know. Uh, I've had probably more reader feedback on that book than any book of just really solid, not, gee, I like your books or whatever, but I didn't know that. That's fascinating, <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people do know it. No, uh, it's, it's, it was, I read it and I'm like, what is this? And then as the book transpired, of course, it took, you know, the spins and because your books are so well written, they, you take the reader through this like labyrinth and, and it had a whole, it had kind of had a different spin on it, but it all turned out, you know, it turns out that you understand uh, the entire premise of it. So I, I, it's, it's, that was a difficult, that was a difficult thing to do in that book was, try to make the reader uh, to understand what the the purpose of the law was and yet, you know, not make it um, unrealistic. Yeah. uh, It was a little challenging, but it was fun. You succeeded. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. I hope so. (laughs) Now, in your books, your female characters, they're all, they all have this terrific inner strength and wisdom. What was your inspiration for Liz Lucas? I really, you know, I like Liz a lot. Um, Just women and and things that uh, I'm older, I've lived a lifetime here, so (laughs) it's probably based on people I've met as a composite. None of my books are of just one person, but I'd say I've met a lot of women who do have that strength that when bad things happen and life throws them a curve, they, they can bounce back and, and go on and form a new life. You know, just because something happens doesn't mean your life's over. And I guess that's what I tried to, to get through. And and it did, and she has a great life, and she uh, everything kind of panned out. For, you know, is going. Of course, I've been going through this with her for with Liz, my buddy, for, <laughs> for a while. But I mean, that's you know how you feel. It's it's like you get attached to these characters, and of course, I'm familiar with all your characters. But I really do like her, and I and I. It's almost like she started over in life, and everything's going well. Though she's a little bit of a detective, and if you want to give an overview of murder in San Francisco, we'd love to hear it. Well, it involves a a woman who has been married three times, and she, through a fluke of fate, falls in love with a man who's an octogenarian who is divorced, uh, has a bad relationship with his children, and she would love to get married and have his child and everything, and she knows they probably don't have much time left, and he is adamant that he will have absolutely no part of that. And she said, look, would you do me a favor? Uh, My doctor says there's this new law, which I just talked about. And so when she comes back from visiting Liz Lucas, she, uh, he tells her that he has taken care of that. And if she does want to have a child after he's gone, that, you know, she has the right to do that. And that's kind of the premise of the book of then what? And he is murdered. So who murders him? Uh, is it because she's going to have his child? Does someone know that the child would be eligible to inherit, you know, conceived and born after death? But does that make the child the heir to the father's millions? Certainly his adult children wouldn't like to think so. And that's what I was just going to bring up. There's other, uh, like, protagonists in here. He has adult children who now this, I mean, they think that they're, you know, they would think that they would be getting it. And then now you have this whole other scenario coming up because we have 
you know, another child and, or, you know, who knows? <laughs> I don't think that was, the premise is that far off because I'm sure a lot of adult children would think they were entitled to their father's mm-hmm. money. And if they found out that his girlfriend was going to have his child and was going to inherit it, possibly, uh, that causes problems. And that's <laughs> and what I, I loved in the would. book. It like it goes through this whole thing with it. So it like it brings in all these different storylines which which makes it so um interesting well, and thanks. yeah, it's it's very I, I it quick reading. I loved though. it. I thought it was credible because I yeah, think oh, most definitely. people will go, Wait a minute, mm-hmm. that's that's not right. Mm-hmm. And yet who's to say the law is always right? <laughs> it it is the law though. In fact this thing was even uh the the law that was implemented by California was used in a Supreme Court case from a state that had not implemented it. They threw out the claim of the person because that state had not done it, as California wow. had. So, you know, it, it, those things have ramifications. We have no idea. Well, and another thing that I love about your books, of course, I love the mystery, I love the pets, but you have the best recipes and they're used in the book you know as you're reading the book you see that you know especially with liz because she has a spa so like there's always these meals that are being cooked and you're going oh my gosh that sounds so good and then at the back of the book you have the recipes what what inspired you to do this i mean you have to be a great cook well i don't know about that but i had to cook a lot when uh my husband was in politics because we entertained constantly and then it got to the point where he would do fundraisers at our home in Sacramento, and I would cook five courses, and they were like $2,500 a person or something, so the food had better be good. Wow. <laughs> and that's kind of what it stemmed from. So a lot of these, re- I mean, everything, every recipe in there is one I've used. Uh, there's nothing I'm pulling from something else. And uh, some of them are so simple. And some are a lot more complicated, and I try to do a mixture so no one's totally discouraged when they look at them. Well, I think you should do a cookbook on top of everything else. <laughs> Take it all together and put it in a cookbook, I think, because they're so yummy. And they're practical, too. I well, mean, it's, it's not over the top. Um, well, obviously, I love to cook and eat, so that's part of it. <laughs> well, that's good, because you're your best tester. That's how I look at cooking. I'm my best tester. <laughs> True, true. Now, Murder in San Francisco was, of course, a Liz Lucas um, series, a best-selling series. But you have other series which are, you know, with great um, characters. And, of course, there are dogs and pets that are feature characters throughout these series. Can you um, tell the listeners about what your other series, what your other series are? Yes, I have one Cedar Bay series, and I think I have... 12 or 13 books out in that series, and it's kind of based in Oregon. Um, it's a woman, uh, but m- most of my women are middle-aged. There may be characters who are younger, but they tend to be middle-aged because I know that more. And uh, she's married to a sheriff, and just the different adventures they go on. That's one. And then a very popular series that I just started about a year ago, the Northwest Cozy Mystery mm. Series, is based on 
Seattle and the environs. It goes up to Whistler, British Columbia, etc. And that's a woman whose husband left her for someone else, and she's had to start a whole new life, and she becomes a caterer. And uh, just things happen, moved to Bainbridge Island, which is an island outside of Seattle. And uh, people seem to like that. She has a new relationship with a, a man who's a private investigator, and uh, that one has done well. And then I have the High Desert Cozy Mystery Series, which is set outside of Palm Springs. And that's a woman who was an antique appraiser, which, gee, guess how that came about. A <laughs> uh, little, little knowledge there. figure I could throw in something from my past. And uh, she... Uh, is again a divorcee and she's uh finds someone there and just the different adventures that she encounters and her sister has um EST she has psychic ability so you know for people that enjoy a little bit of that it's her input as well into a lot of these situations and cases well and i think that that's what makes it so diverse and so you know your stories you have these great female characters and they're surrounded by really interesting people and it's and you know the mystery theme is going and then you have like the relation theme going relationship theme going and then of course the animals that are that are in them and um which show prominently on your beautiful covers your covers are gorgeous by the way uh, this is so ironic the age of the internet i mean we are in such a different age the man who does my covers and my formatting is from India, lives in India. Wow. I have never met him, talked to him. Uh, just, we just chatted a couple of times on the internet and over something and some group we were in, he said, you know, I like this book, but why don't I send you a cover and see what you think? No, you know, no strings attached. I was gorgeous, and he's an electrical engineer, and he's doing covers for Cozy Mysteries. I mean, to me, that is such a dichotomy. That is certainly and interesting. I have, and he's just absolutely uh, brilliant at that. Uh, but who would think? I mean, where do you go? It's just kind of a sign of the times, I guess. And then I have a copy editor who is on the East Coast that I've never talked to or met. And she says she's obsessive compulsive and she has this ability to spot any error. And uh, wow, it just boom. <clears throat> and so, you know, this is someone else I met on the Internet. So. And I don't spend that much time on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever you're doing, it's working. Because he, with well, him, the the dogs feature prominently on the cover, but they don't overtake the cover. It's not like you're looking at a dog book. You're looking at, you know, whatever the scenario is. Like I'll talk about murder in San Francisco. You're looking at the bridge. And then you see um, Winston sitting over in the corner over here. Well, I think the dogs are an integral part of all my books. Yes. I really do. Whether they're, they're, they're more of a pet in the Northwest series, although they've helped a little bit, where Winston's more of a guard dog. Yes. And uh, Kelly and uh, in uh, the Cedar Bay, they have three dogs now. <laughs> so it, uh, it, it, you know, they're just different breeds. In fact, one uh, reader emailed me and said, Diane, you've never had a wire terrier in your books. Could I send you a picture of mine and would you think about doing that? Wow. I said, well, sure, why not? Let's let's try that. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. You, you it, never know. You never know. And people connect with that. People connect, you know, my listeners all connect with, you know, obviously the animal world, but I love integrating the cozy mystery aspect of it too. So that's why, um, that's why I call you the queen. Well, thank you very much. It's It's been just fun. I mean, and people say, where, where do your ideas come from? Well, murdered by wine that came out a few months ago, we were in uh, at a, a winery, and the tour guide said, you know, every year somebody falls in a wine vat and dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Who'd good. Who would have right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they can come from anywhere. It, it just, you never know uh, what's, you know, what's going to happen. I have a new one coming out in a, a couple of weeks, a murder at the Bijou Bistro where a food critic is going to review a restaurant that there are some people that might be after her or her husband, and her husband's a retired mobster, and he will never sit at the first table someone <laughs> offers him someone else's murder. And, you know, it just, and it happened because I knew someone that was a food critic. <laughs> so the, these things happen. Well, and you know, I... Kind of, be careful... Just going to say, and I was going to ask what your next book was, so I'm glad you told us. And you're right. Well, you never know what's what's going to happen. No, you don't. And uh, that's, that one is a Northwest Cozy Mystery Series. And then I have uh, another one that is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I neglected to mention I have the Midwest Cozy Mystery Series, and that's a woman whose husband died early, and uh, she's an author, and she wrote his um she had to find a way to make some money after her husband died so early to uh, support her daughter. So she started writing under the pen name of Sexy Sissy, uh, <laughs> steamy novels. <laughs> and then she's outed. And here she was, the uh, wife of the head of the English department at this small, uh, you know, college. And so I have another one coming out in that series, which is kind of a fun thing. And uh, it's about a judge who likes to look at... Uh, things on the internet that are probably not appropriate for uh, small children. Oh, my. <laughs> and he's murdered. And he's murdered. So that's that's coming out pretty soon. I'm doing the final edits on that. Well, we're going to have to get you back on. To t- I mean, I love your books. I, I My e-reader is full of them. Um, oh, thank I, you. They are. I like it very, you know, I can't wait till your next one comes out. So we're going to have to get you back on um, in 2018, and we're going to have to talk about your books because – you know, I, I love what you do. I love the fact you integrate the pets. You you have wonderful, cozy mysteries. And also, <clears throat> you have those delicious recipes. So Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Well, and I thank you for, for coming to visit us again. It's always a pleasure, and it's always so interesting. And as I say, whenever I read your books, I always learn something new. Well, thank you. And I would consider it an honor to come back. I oh, really appreciate it. it. And uh I'd love to talk about dogs <laughs> any anytime. You and me. Now, where the um, where can the readers go to learn more about you and to learn more about uh, your books and where to get them? Well, they can either go to Amazon and just put in Diane Harmon, D-I-A-N-N-E-H-A-R-M-A-N, or I have a website, and if they go there, they can get a couple of free books if you sign up for my newsletter, and that's dot. Diane, D-I-A-N-N-E, Harmon, H-A-R-M-A-N. 
M-A-N.com. So happy to have you, and thank you for asking. Well, and thank you for being on our show, and I want to wish you and your family and everyone a happy holiday. So thank you for coming on. I just have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you again, and happy holidays to you and yours. Thanks. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of the Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.